Okay. All right, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Sorry. So it's been uh, almost two years since our last update. And a lot has happened since then. Oh, I'm getting like a strange audio feedback. Okay, good. So it's been two years uh, since we had our first uh, Mark 1 rocket. Uh, and uh, a lot has happened since then. Uh, we're going to go through the progress that I used to incredibly proud of the SpaceX team and uh, all the support that we received from Cameron County, uh, from Brownsville, from uh, South Padre. Uh, and if, I, I know some of you in the audience, uh, so thank you very much for your support. So. so uh, before we jump into the details of what, uh, what's happened over the past few years, I think it's worth just uh, talking a bit about this, like, uh, like why, why are we doing this? <laughs> you know, this, I mean, pretty epic, but, but what's, the, what's the sort of, the sort of deep meaning of this? Like, why build a giant reusable rocket? Uh, why make life a multi kind of way? And I, I think this is just, Incredibly important thing for the future of life itself. Um, so, I guess there's this, this, this a, I, I thought that the sort of the, 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 the defensive reason or the life insurance reason, that that's, that's one part of it, which is that there is some chance that something could go wrong. Uh, the dinosaurs are not around. Um, so, uh, you know, we could, there could be some calamity that we, where we do ourselves in, or there's just a, there's a natural disaster. Now, I'm, I'm naturally an optimist, so I, I think the, the probability of that is low, but it is not zero. And, um, and eventually, the sun will expand. Um, it might take a few hundred million years, as I don't hold the rest, but eventually, uh, the sun will expand and destroy all life. So for those who really care about not just the humans, but all the life on Earth, it is very important, essential, that over the long term, that we become a multi-human species, ultimately even go beyond the solar system and bring life with us. And you know, we are life spirits, life guardians. That, you know, the, the creatures that we love, not they can't build spaceships, but we can, and we can bring them with us. <laughs> and I think that's pretty important. For those that, that care about the environment, care about all the people. Um, that's like the, 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 I like the defensive or the life insurance reason for life collectively. But there's also um, an inspiring reason, which is that life can't just be about solving problems. There have to be things that inspire you, that, that move your heart, that make you glad to be, when you wake up in the morning, you're excited about the future. Um, and going out there and being a multi-planet species, being a space-faring civilization, and making science fiction, not fiction forever, I think that's one of those things. 
You know, I think that we, we, that, that's just, it, that's what fires me up the most. It's like, let's go out there and find out what this universe is all about. You know, are there other species out there? Um, maybe. Um, you know, hopefully the, 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 I mean, we, we, I, I mean, what do you go find out what the heck's going on? <laughs> what is going on? I mean, where, you know, um, how do you get here? What's the meaning of life? 42. But what, yeah, that's, what's the question? Um, and, um, you know, if we go out there and we explore the, the galaxy, ultimately, and we can find out some of these questions. And it would be very exciting to do that. Um, and something we can all look forward to. Um, and, and even, you know, whether somebody chooses to go or not, um, I think, you know, vicariously we can all go there, just like with Apollo, where, um, you know, only a handful of people went to the moon. But in a sense, we all went there. Humanity went there. And, um, so even if somebody didn't choose to go themselves, I think, vicariously, through to others, they, they, they will go, they will understand, they will experience the universe. And, um, I think that's incredibly fundamental to an exciting future. And that's that's why we're doing And um yeah. Um now one of the rebuttals they sometimes care is like sure, but what about all the problems on Earth? And uh, I completely agree that the vast majority of resources can be dedicated to solving problems on Earth. Absolutely. Um, I'd say like more than 99% of our resources could be uh, oriented towards solving problems on Earth. It's but it's, so it's important to note that like NASA's uh, annual budget is it, only 0.36% uh, of the federal budget. And in fact, of, of the national GDP, it's less than a tenth of a percentage point. So it's like we're, 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 you know, we're only spending 0.1% of our resources on space. I think, I think maybe that's okay. You know, like we, we'll be fine. You know, um, so just to, you know, just make sure people don't think like, well, we, you can see suggesting that we just spend everything on space. No, I'm suggesting like maybe half a percent or something like that. Uh, we'll, we'll probably be okay. Um, so, and then I think you know, given the, the Establishing security for life itself and, and having an exciting future and inspiring trips for the kids. Um, up, up to the it's, it's, it's worth it. Basically. <laughs> yeah. So, well, how do we do this? So how do we um, make life multi-planetary? How do we, what's the first step? And, um, the essential technology, the, the holy grail breakthrough that's needed, is a, a rapid and completely reusable rocket system. So this has never been accomplished before. Um, and a lot of people, for the longest time, thought this was not possible. Now with Delta 9, uh, we've been able to show that you uh, have, re uh, have reuse of the boost stage and reuse of the repair. So with Delta 9, we've get demonstrated a lot of reuse of the, the blue stage and the pairing. Um, we, we've had uh, over a hundred uh, uh, reflights of the pairing over the booster and I'm not sure the pairing number, but it's a lot. Um, 
And uh, that's, a, that's a big step in the right direction. With Starship, we're aiming for full and rapidly equipped. So, uh, you know, we actually need to accomplish that. That's not done uh, um, But the success is one of the possible outcomes. Uh, which I always think is uh, when embarking on an endeavor, success would be at least one of the possible outcomes. And this, for this design, I bet that is the case. Um, so, the, and we're aiming for uh, rapidly used uh, which is why the producer is, is going to take off and then fly back to launch power and uh, aspirationally uh, get uh, land on the arms. Um, which uh, does sound insane um, for, uh, as a variety of innovation. Um, and, um, but I, I, you know, if, if, um, if it does come in too fast um, and, um, and tear off the arms, then I guess it will be a fair way. <laughs> the, the bad jokes, uh, you know, I have to warn you, they're only going to get worse. Uh, so, um, yeah, so uh, here I'd really just like to congratulate the, the SpaceX team um, and, and also uh, thank NASA, the FAA, the uh, Space Force, um, and, and everyone, and all of our customers that have, have helped us uh, get to this point. Uh, it's insanely hard to uh, get a rocket to orbit. Um, but I have huge respect for anyone who's gotten out of Iraq for orbit. It's so hard. And we've had 144 successful launches, 106 landings. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, these days I have to look on the internet and say, how many landings have we had? I'll have to ask the internet. <laughs> um, so, uh, 83 uh, flight, flight proven uh, uh, and um, although I have to say, I still have like like launch PTSD every time the rock takes it. I just I just see all the ways that it could fail. Um, but um, you know, and, and then this this year we're, we're actually uh, aiming to have uh, around 50 launches, so it's about a, a launch per week on average, and. Um, yeah, so it's uh, how the world is actually And it, 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 I, in terms of um, mass to orbit, if you look at like planet to orbit, uh, this, this uh, bar chart that uh, uh, really illustrates how profound a, a rapidly useful rocket, uh, especially a big one, uh, is. What, what effect that has on total climate uh, orbit. Um, so the, the total mass to orbit two days of Earth is, a, is around 15,000 tons, 15,000 to 15,000 tons. Um, and um, the mass of first starship um, after a year, just one year of launching, and if it launches three times a day, uh, would be equal to all the mass of the orbit of Earth uh, two days. That's, that's just one star to launch in three times a day for a year. Now, 
if you have yeah, uh, 10 starships, yeah. <laughs> then, uh, and we'll have more than that. Our, our goal is to be at least uh, a, a one stack per month, uh, and then hopefully uh, potentially a ship every few days. There'll be more ships than there are boosters because the, the booster actually, even though it's gigantic, uh, will come back in about six minutes. Um, excitement guaranteed. So, it, it only takes about two minutes on ascent and then about four minutes to return. So, uh, you'll notice here. Um, the, the, the ship uh, has to complete at least one orbit around Earth and sometimes uh, maybe three orbits or, or more. Uh, and each orbit is 90 minutes. So the ship uh, is probably, you know, usable about every uh, six, six to eight hours. That's uh, that's why we say sort of three times a day for the ship. In theory, the, the booster is capable of being reused every hour. So the talent points are designed to pull the rocket in about half an hour. So the, this really is designed for rapidly useful. So if you, if you can do roughly a, a million tons of air orbit, but that's comfortably over 100,000 tons to the surface of the Maybe 150,000 tons So you can only go to Mars every two years. Uh, so, uh, and, and I think maybe roughly you need about a million tons Mars to have a, a self-sustaining city. Um, the, the critical threshold, I think, for Mars is to uh, have a city that is self-sustaining. Um, it's going to be incredibly difficult to make a self-sustaining city because if it's missing any ingredient, any ingredient at all, um, however minor that ingredient is, then if the ships from Earth stop coming for any reason, uh, the city will come out. So the, the, the critical threshold to pass uh, one of the most important great filters for any species is to have, have the, the, the other planet no longer dependent on, on the original planet. So I don't know exactly what that planet is, but I suspect it is at least uh, if one tries to get the right order to have to do Hopefully it's not working. Uh, Starship is capable of it. It's capable of, of getting, getting many types of planets and creating a self-sustaining city. Um, and I think we should try to do that as soon as we can. Um, the window of opportunity may be open for a long time, and I hope it is, but it, it may also be open for a short time. And this is the first, this is the first point in the four and a half billion year history of Earth that it has been possible. And let that sink in. Let the sink in. Um, <coughs> so knocking at the door, I mean, sink in, sink in. Space is better. Um, so, four and a half billion years. It was the first time it's been possible. We need to seize the opportunity and 
do it as quickly as possible. I keep trying civilization is doing a little crap with these things. And like I said, I'm an optimist, but you've know, got to protect it outside of the air and try to make that as hard as possible. It's good to keep it And it's going to be an incredibly exciting adventure. Um, now, the, 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 uh, the sales pitch for, for, for going to Mars is that um, it's going to be cramped, dangerous, difficult, uh, very hard work. Uh, you might die, um, and um, that's it. I hope you like it. So <laughs> far from being some sort of escape hatch, <laughs> it will be extremely difficult and dangerous and tough. Um, Mars is a picture up of it. And um, so it's, it's gonna take some work to make it to make it easier like that. But one day we could make Mars kind of So, uh, just some facts about Starship. And these, these numbers will evolve over time. Um, so, uh, the height of the ship is about 15 meters, 164 feet. Uh, the 9 meter, 20 meter diameter. Well, you can see it. <laughs> um, it's got about 1,200 tons of power on the ship. And the uh, thrust is about 1,500 times. Uh, now these numbers will, you know, we'll call the admiral to count every time to keep thrust. Um, diameter will, we'll say the same, it's two, two frames, frames diameter. <laughs> so that, that'll come still the same, but we'll call each frame the longer. And uh, we're expecting a further capacity of uh, 150 times depending on which orbit. So the starlink orbit is roughly 100 over time, I think we can probably get the, the orbit for um, orbital return. It was tailored to an orbit for orbital return to about 300 times, uh, which is going to be very good for getting to Mars. So, for getting to Mars, we can also need the orbital return. It's like you have aerial refueling, um, the rockets will need orbital uh, refueling. It's actually mostly There's um, three and a half tons of oxygen for everyone. That's why it's refilling on three fuel. Heat uh, shield. <laughs> so this is the world's largest heat shield. Um, and uh, this is, uh, we have to make this at, uh, at a little factory in, in Florida, in a big cabinet, a bakery. And uh, we're actually using a lot of techniques that are uh, used for roofing tiles. So we, we need to have a heat shield that capable of resisting extreme heat, but also is not uh, crazy expensive. And um, I think that thing is done by nice work in creating the world's largest heat fuel, and one that is uh, reusable, uh, but also uh, robust and uh, low cost. So uh, it's, not a, it's not a crazy amount of heat fuel. And um, yeah, it's over the weekend, um, we were going to do an animation of this, but it's a little bit long. Um, it is a fluid factor. Um, so, <laughs> play a little battery one. 
the whole stage zero is just as important as stage one and stage two. And this is really some, some wild stuff here. In fact, I mean, hard to believe it's real, except, you know, <laughs> right there. So, yeah. In Raptor development, uh, Raptor 1 was 185 tons of thrust, uh, Raptor 2 is 130 tons of thrust, and I think over time um, I would get that to probably 250 tons. Um, so that's going uh, to also um, significantly simplify the difference between uh, B1 and B2. Um, this, the, the B2 is, this, you know, B1 looks like, kind of like a history spaghetti file. Um, a lot of a lot of fiddly bits, um, and B2 is greatly simplified, while also increasing thrust at the same time. So it's it actually um, Raptor 2 costs about half as much as Raptor 1, despite having much more thrust. And I think just generally doing uh, a much easier thing to build uh, and a more robust one. So um, very excited about Raptor 32, and it's, it's only going to get better from here. Basically, here and uh, in Cape Town, in Cape Town, this is where uh, the other two possibilities 
And then because we have had a, a lot of workers going out of the cave, um, we didn't want to disrupt the cave uh, activities, operational workers, um, with
asking questions. <laughs> Make this real. Cool. Fire away. <laughs> Anyone? I, I can't see you, so you probably just have to yell it out or something. Yes, there's, there's six Raptors on the Starship. Uh, currently three uh, with the vacuum level, three sea level. Okay. Um, and uh, I think uh, if I would say like we'll probably end up adding another three uh, vacuum engines to kind of yeah, fill in the gap um, and stretch the ship uh, to fix some of the You'll have to yell, unfortunately. We are we are building a, uh, a launch site. Uh, it's a uh, launch, launch tower at uh, 39 at the and um, we are also building a structure production facility at, at Cape, so we'll have a production facility on one side here and a production facility on one side at Cape. It's important to have redundancy. Okay. Um, I've got to eyes, so unfortunately I can't see. Okay. Um, I'm blinded. So I'll have to, uh, well, I can hear where the speaker is coming from. You should, I believe you're, you're expecting to hear in a couple weeks about the uh, possible finding of this from the FAA. Have you gotten any indications if that's going to come through? And what is your time frame for um, orbital flight? Um, well, we don't have uh, we don't have a plan site to the FAA. I've gotten sort of a, a rough indication that there, there may be an approval uh, in March, but that's that's the way. Hi, Marcus. Can you talk about the point capability? Is there a possibility here? Oh, uh, cool. yeah, I guess so. Um, so, I mean, depending on different get with the starship. There are some scenarios where uh, it, it might actually be the lowest cost means of transporting cargo long distance. Um, so the interesting thing is that the capital efficiency of, of a rocket is, is, is much better than the capital efficiency of a plane for long distance flights. So if you now this would really be more for uh, you know if you're going like quarter or third or halfway around the world, uh, where, you know, if, if, if you went from, I don't know, say, here to Singapore, that's a long flight. So, I, mean, I don't know how long that is, I don't know if you can go that, but it's probably about 20 hours flight. And, uh, but in a, in a rocket, it would be uh, less than an hour, so like 45 hours. That means you'd be able to use the rocket 20 times more often than the aircraft. So it's 20 times more So provided the propellant cost is, uh, you know, how with, with aircraft. Um, and bear in mind, like I was saying, like, uh, there's, there's three and a half tons of liquid oxygen for every one ton of fuel. Um, so, uh, and liquid oxygen is, Basically, it's just uh, 
there is a scenario where you can allocate the power to do long distance cargo and diesel transport with stuff. That'd be very cool. And I think that that'd be great for getting a lot of high flight weight and a business case for supporting a lot of projects Basically, nothing's faster than you know, a nice idea. We got a question right here, right here, right here. Great. Hands up. Hands up I mean, it's, I, I have lights in my eyes, and I it's pitch dark in front of me. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Hi, on uh, Michael Sheets with CNBC. You opened this presentation by addressing a little bit of the criticism that many of the space have seen as maybe a pet project or not really valuable to folks that have problems here on Earth. I was wondering if you could get a little more into the specifics of everything, not just the U.S. government spending that's happening on space travel and other things, but maybe in terms of SpaceX itself, how you and private investment and the dollar value compares to the taxpayer funded projects or the contracts that SpaceX is going to use. Now, of course, the, the federal things don't get uh, delayed or it goes 
we are, you know, with the with society, so there's no place for the DLC elements. So, now we do have the alternative of the case, and um, we actually applied for environmental tools to work in the case of the people. So, we actually are So, I guess I'll look this
this is Andrea Leinfelder of the Houston Chronicle. Um, I wanted to know when and how do you plan to test photon absorption for fueling in space? And also, aside from NASA, Dear Moon, and Starlink, can you elaborate on the potential test for space for Starship? Thank you. I thought you last week. I learned after a bounce back from that at some point? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, would, it would also set us back uh, for quite some time because uh, an EIS takes a lot longer than uh, an EA. Uh, so we would have to set our priorities to uh, take 
and a long-term lingering vision for Starbase, like a spaceport where flights coming and going, Starship manufacturing. What is the future really Starbase? Uh, the future of Starbase, I think, um, it's, it's well suited to be like our um, Yeah. Uh, the plan is in the field, or I mean, um, so, you know, we 
for longer. We, 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 we could scale up uh, the life support system of Dragon, I think that may be an option. Um, and, and that would work for uh, missions that are say, uh, three or two, but that would be fine. So missions to Mars, uh, you'd be the one uh, that would have to do that. Uh, so essentially recycling, recycling everything. That's a harder problem than it's not a problem. You can certainly need a scale of value for making it better. CBS4 and NBC.3 here in the Rio Grande Valley. This is more of a community-based question. This past week, several BISD students, community leaders, and community members got together to ask you a question and to show their gratitude. Not sure if you got that message yet, but they were saying thank you, Elon. And they wanted to know if you would be able to attend their Chattel Days festivities here in Brown. So on behalf of them, will you be attending Chattel Days? Uh, it sounds like fun. So, like, uh, when, when is it? I believe it starts on the 19th through the 25th. So you have several days to attend Sombrero Festival, Chattel Days Parades, 
enjoy some great food. I will see you there. I will be there. All right. <laughs> That's going to be hard to follow up. Hey, Ilana. <laughs> Tim Dodd, the everyday astronaut here. Uh, okay, so a little bit more Raptor 2 talk again. Um, where are you at as far as production? How many do you have? Uh, you know, you, you know, are they, how are they handling, you know, testing? Uh, are they more cantankerous, less cantankerous? Just give us a little more rundown, like, where you're actually at. Is that a bottleneck for the next booster as well? We assume the next booster is going to require, you know, Raptor 2. So kind of where are you at with, uh, with the production and the, and the testing so far? Well, uh, I mean, right now, our new technical problem, uh, I'm spending the most time closely on my Raptor 2. Um, like, really, the, the, like, the two things that occupy the most is the Raptor 2 and the Raptor 2. The only remaining issue that we're aware of is nothing but so, is that the thing really wants to know? Uh, so, like, in order of a gigawatt, it could be pretty hot. Like, a gigawatt's like a, what a nuclear power plant is. So, it's really, absolutely fine for me. So, uh, we've got, uh, you know, we're going, and it's not a project Um, we're going to be making a lot of trips, a lot of boosters. Uh, 
Evening. My name is Bob Duncan. I'm a local resident here in the area. And first off, thank you for a very cool evening. So this has been a lot of fun for us. As a local resident, it's been 
exciting to watch the amazing progress that SpaceX has made here in Boca Chica. And I was just curious, uh, we're standing on the southern tip of the state of Texas. We're a few hundred yards from your residence. Could you just speak to what, if anything, has been appealing or advantageous about operating in the state of Texas versus other parts of the country? Well, I, I think we're, you know, the, um, um, well, well, I mean, we've had a lot of support from the community, and, um, you know, uh, something that just happens over time with, uh, societies is that kind of rules regulations build up, um, and they, they build up, you know, more in some places than others, uh, and they, I think Texas has the, the, the right amount of it. as close as possible while school being safe um, and uh, yeah feel free to uh, yeah, take pictures have a good time and uh, uh, yeah uh, let's uh, go like hell to have an exciting future thank you